Haas. Good to be back with you here in the studio with Michael Card. We release these programs on a weekly basis. Um, I kind of miss us during the week. I, I listen because I enjoy your music. You I enjoy get it on interviews. your phone? Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. Sub- subscribe to the podcast. Uh-huh. It comes up automatically on the screen that a new new uh, episode is available. See, I'll forget that they're on there, and I'll look, and they're like 10 that I haven't heard. <laughs> yeah. So. Is it okay to mention that I listen myself? Because I, you know, I, guess I do. So. I honestly it's do. It's okay to dig dig yourself, Wayne. That's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't listen for me. By the way, you're not supposed to be here right now. I thought you were in Israel right now. You know how weird is that? Right now, I'm in Israel. Okay. That's weird. But you're with me. That's weird. And but at the same time, I'm with you. Hold on. Okay. Yeah. Of course, we pre-record this, and of course, you are in Israel right now. Yeah, we- but you know, it'd be really interesting. You know, if we pray. For our group right now, oh, here we go in Israel. Don't you believe that, that God? The Lord takes that. He knows. Well, He's outside. He of transcends time. time. Right. He's outside of time. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let me mention what's coming up on the program. Your friend Jack McQueenie will be with yeah, us. I love Jack from Glenary Navigators. Yeah, I, I'm. One of the 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 fun things about doing this program is getting to introduce people to you know friends people mm-hmm. that mean a lot to me and yeah, jack is what you bump into around the country yeah and jack is one of those guys i've known for years he he poured into the life of my son nate he's just a remarkable guy so yeah that's gonna be fun speaking of remarkable andrew peterson yeah will join us in the second half of the program which goes without saying yeah andrew will be brilliant and you know Songwriter, be himself singer Teacher, novelist, uh, he does yes. animated film. I yeah. mean, there's not much he doesn't do. Speaking of Israel, that you're in right now. Yes, uh, Andrew was there recently, and we'll talk to us about. We're that. We're going to get to talk about his impression, and I mean, don't don't you want to know what what went through Andrew Peterson's mind when he went to the Western Wall? That's we'll a pretty out. cool thing. We'll find out on today's edition of In the Studio. Let's start off with a song by Michael. This is Bears of the Light, and then we'll talk with Jack. The light we must bear is the light we must share Is the light that illumines the darkness The promises kept give us strength to accept This burden of bearing the light He will walk beside us, a strong friend Barnabas He will be that sure shoulder to lean on promise we share is our burden to bear and our light tells the darkness to be gone the light we must bear is the light we must share is the light that illumines the darkness the promises kept give us strength to accept this burden of bearing the light He will come after me, this young Timothy Looking for someone to guide him I will kindle his light, make him strong for the fight I will promise to be there beside him The light we must bear is the light we must share Is the light that illumines the darkness Promises kept give us strength to accept this burden of bearing the light. And so we must claim in his powerful name the promise the Bible has spoken. We must understand that a cord of three strands cannot be easily broken. The great need of us all, a true mentor, a Paul, who has traveled the road that's before us. He has made good the pledge to take the light on ahead. We can follow his footsteps before us. The light we must bear is the light we must share, is the light that illumines the darkness. Promises kept give us strength to accept this burden of bearing the light. The promises kept give us strength to accept this burden of bearing the light. Michael, thank you. Just before we introduce our first guest today, you have your Bible open there. I do, and I wanted to read a passage from 1 Timothy 6 that I hope will sort of uh, introduce the, the topic that we're going to. I look at. Mm-hmm. 
This is from the CSB translation. But you, man of God, flee from these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called and about which you have made a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the presence of God who gives life to all, and of Jesus Christ, who gave a good confession before Pontius Pilate, I charge you to keep this command without fault or failure until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it will become evident why you read that as we talk with our guest today, who is Jack McQueenie, director of the Glen Erie Group. Anyone who knows the Navigators and been to Glen Erie yes. in Colorado uh, it's just it's just such a wonderful place. I know you a very special place for you. A very special place for me. My son Nathan worked there for a while, and in fact, uh, Jack discipled my son Nate and had All a right. huge impact on him. So Jack and I are big buddies. Well, Jack, welcome in the studio here. Well, thank you. It's good to be with you guys today. I was hoping you were going to be in your office and you could describe what your office is like. It's very unique, but uh, I, I won't make you do that. There are lots of dead things, <laughs> a lot of dead things hanging up in Jack's office. Just let me say it that way. So you're, you're a hunter, uh, outdoorsman? I am. I am a hunter, and I have a, a, a number of mounts that Mike and I talk about every time he's there. So, yeah. in fact, he has added to my collection as well. So yeah. the, the first place, when I go to Glen Airy, the first place I always go is Jack's office, look, looking for Jack. <laughs> okay. And sometimes he's there, and sometimes he's not. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to talk with Jack about uh, mentoring, disciple-making, really, here and the, today. And the program you guys are developing there, it's pretty exciting. But before we talk about that, what's this connection with Nate, your son? Well, again, Nathan uh, needed some uh, direction in his life that he, he wasn't getting from me. And uh, it was one of those discussions where I said, I need you out of my house. Hmm. And uh, uh, Jack was very gracious. They, they gave him a job at Glen Airy. Uh, and, and all that, that seed that had been planted in Nathan's life, you know, when he was a very young child, he came to faith when he was about seven years old. And had taken some wrong turns uh, there at Glen Airy uh, with with, uh, with a lot of these brothers who just spoke into his life. My son's life got turned around, and he is spectacular. He story. is walking faithfully with the Lord now. He's a, a remarkable young man. And Jack, you were a big part of that. Well, I wish I could take uh, an ounce of credit for that. There were a number of guys that really ministered to Nathan. And I think first and foremost, you know, Nathan had a great foundation mm-hmm. and knew uh, so much. Uh, and I think like a lot of uh, full-time workers, you know, he he struggled with some things that uh, making his faith his own. And then in light of that, trying to live up to um, sometimes expectations and things yeah. that... Uh, he perceived that he should be that, you know, didn't align necessarily. And so he, but he, a great kid, um, a great young man, and now a great young family. So that's yeah. what's exciting. And that's really what gets us out of bed every morning. Yeah, Some I was going to say, life Jack, changes. isn't it amazing that we get to be a part of something like that when it happens? Uh, it's the Lord at work in the heart, but, you know, we can, we can uh, have an important role in people's lives. Well, you know, uh, this past week was the uh, National Apprentice Week, where they celebrate not only apprenticeships, but they encourage uh, folks to choose apprenticeships as a pathway to a great career. And I think, you know, Christ was a great example of that with his men as he sat around at Mark 3.14, and he talked about, you know, how he had an opportunity with these men, how he selected the uh, 12 to be with him. And um, that's one of the things that uh, that we enjoy seeing and doing. That as we're with with folks like Nathan and a lot of other folks, that you know we live life together. And as an outcome, you know Jesus's goal was to send them out to preach. And we feel very strongly that uh, you know, as Jesus said, "Come follow me." I will make you fishers of men. He threw that challenge out to follow me, and then he casted that vision in a, in a concept, in a language that they really got, fishers of men. And in the middle of those two things is the secret, is the secret glue that holds them. Is That's that intentional apprenticeship that we talk about. 
Now you're not coming in as a.、Uh, I'm the guru who has all the answers, and I'm going to fix you. Yeah, no, not at all. I think that's one of the things that we have learned over the last 85 years in the Navigators.、Uh, we have, we have, we have. Uh, figured some things out. We're still learning, though.、Mm. There's so many things that we, as we look at the, some of the shifts in culture, as we have new generations rise up, you know, we we have to shift and change in some of that as well. And but、um, I think we realize we don't live in the past, but the past doesn't live in us.、Mm. And in light of that, we have got to embrace that stewardship that God God has given us. In terms of that focus and that commitment to make disciples, talk to us about what you've learned about the process, Jack. Of course, the, the word has to be center,、uh, the study of God's word. But wh- wh- how would you describe the process at work here? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, the、um, David Kinnaman and the Barna Group put together a,、uh, a study. It's called the State of Discipleship, and a couple things popped out to us as we walked through that. One of the things was is About 38 percent of Christians who say spiritual growth is、uh, important to them, they talked about their preferred method of discipleship was on their own. Which you know, you you think about that. That's almost an oxymoron. Yeah, 38 percent. That that's that's high. Yeah. yeah, and then from that, that from you can do that also in small groups and. You know, some of that connects well in small groups, but as we get down into apprenticeship, we know the、uh, the importance of life to life through one on one, and and some of these small groups are indispensable to this process. And I think for us, as we wrestled with that, we've begun to see. And David、uh, Kinnaman, they've articulated the fact that this is a right down the middle in terms of、uh, how there's. What they've discovered in terms of some of the study, what people need, their continual commitment of life to life, and so we're we've focused on that for the last eighty five years, and we're going to continue to continue to you know see that happen and help folks with their not only their practical skills、um, of、uh, in this day and age, what it is to have a one on one, what it is to to talk with someone. In an engaging way, and draw them out spiritually, and then to be able to talk about the Bible, and then bring in prayer to that, and and then I think also having the attitude that I,、uh, you know, here I am, Lord, send me. I'm I'm committed to make this happen. And it's what Mike just、uh, touched on—a life we must share. We don't we don't get to vote on this great commission. Yeah, right. <laughs> We kind of laughed about that because it's not just the Great Commission; it's the last commandment.、Mm, It is, wow! It's it's a big deal. And、um, wow. uh, another little study that uh, uh, Barna did is they asked churchgoers, "Have you heard of the Great Commission?" And over half of、uh, folks they interviewed, again across the country, over half of them said no,、Gosh. and then another quarter. Said yes, but I can't really recall the exact meaning.、Oh. So, you know, we we're wrestling with trying to m- help people be to make disciples and become disciple makers, and yet we realize, hey, there is a great misunderstanding of what Christ left us with. He、mm-hmm. left us with a simple, you know, command: make disciples, and that's not easily understood. There's there's two parts of the equation here. There's the discipler, and there's the discipled. For those of us who don't feel like maybe we're qualified somehow or prepared somehow to be the mentor,、well, um, yeah. Do you know what the Great Commission is? <laughs> yes. Then you're qualified. Yeah, then I'm qualified. And okay, all right. Let's let、yeah. Jack answer the question, Michael, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've wrestled with this because we really believe many Christians struggle with making disciples. That's why I asked the question. Feel, I know they do. They feel. They feel busy, overwhelmed, and not qualified, and we get that. We understand the struggle, which is why we've created this Bible-based framework so any believer can master the art of disciple making. It's it's not rocket science. It does take work and time and an investment, a commitment. But the things that Christ has modeled for us, left us with, 
and um, recorded for us, uh, we have everything we need. Yes, but it does it does take someone to come alongside and to to help you process. And and then Robert Lewis said something that really has uh, shaped my thinking. He said, "You know, you cannot become what you cannot define." And so, what is it? We all know um, every road leads to nowhere. And so, if you're headed to you know, if you don't know where you're headed, every road's going to lead there. But we have to begin to focus on what do we, what are the outcomes? What do we want to see these uh, be- young believers uh, move into? What are some of the uh, uh, the skills we want them to have? What are some of the practices? And uh, so we've begun to define and from the word, try to define that, get our arms around that. And, um, you know, we don't want to confuse the, uh, discipline with legalism, but we have got to get our arms around that in practical ways so we can help people get to where they want to go. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason I, I brought up the term guru uh, a few minutes ago was in my own experience, I was discipled by one of my professors, and uh, we never used the word mentor or disciple. Uh, mm-hmm. I, never got the, I never got the feeling that he was trying to fix me or, you know, he, he just opened the door of his life to me, and, and, and we walked together for a number of years uh, I mean, is that what the apprentice approach looks like, or it sounds to me like there it's a little more intentional? Yeah, I think we've defined discipleship. That's another thing that came out. Um, the word uh, discipleship, they they came up with uh, well, people they've interviewed. It was soup to nuts on what that really meant. Mm-hmm. We're trying to narrow it down and talk about discipleship being the intentional apprenticeship to Christ and his kingdom. Mm. And so we know that that we have to have these intentional relationships, friendships, as Michael, as you talked about, they're rooted in in Christ. And as we are connected uh, in a one-on-one in a small group, we want to help each other grow in our walks with Christ, that we experience mutual encouragement. So if even if the discipler and, and the disciple are connected, the discipler is going to learn things from his um, the guy he's apprentice, trying to apprentice. Yeah. And so um, that's just a natural byproduct. And one of our, um, you know, we communicate, we clearly articulate that's a key aspect of this is you've got to be committed to remaining a learner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you've got to be committed to, uh, you know, Jesus modeled that in Luke 2.46, where he says, after... Three days they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And so, you know, he knew where he needed to go to discover um, what he was thinking about, the temple, the temple teachers. You know, he listened, and then he asked good questions. And we, as a people, that's almost a lost art this day and age. And so one of the highlights, a lot of the folks uh, come out of uh, this this last weekend, uh, the Apprentice Approach uh, conference that we had was how to have a one-on-one with someone. And we break it down to three little, three easy uh, pieces. We begin to ask, hey, how are you doing? So whether it be spiritual, physically, emotionally, relationally, the Bible relates to all of that and, and addresses it all. So how are you doing? And then get we get into the Bible with them. We speak into... Uh, you know, each other's lives. We talk about what God's doing, and then we pray together. And we find this as being not only a powerful, but an impactful tool. And then you try to, we we encourage folks to self-evaluate, you know, did I listen and ask questions? Did I, did we touch on felt needs? Did we open the Bible together? Did we pray? Did we laugh? Mm. Was I vulnerable? Are we in the battle together? And so there is a strong measure of intentionality, and we believe Jesus modeled that for us. I love the fact you're giving confidence to uh, to those of us who follow the Lord, who need to follow the Great Commission and carry out the Great Commission, but you're giving us the confidence to do that. You have a website, don't you, that uh, our listeners can follow up on? Yeah, if they'd like. Uh, we have a number of resources and tools out there, and we have a decision tree also that uh, you can look at if you're ready to start disciple, making disciples, and it goes back to, you know, to the even to the point of if you haven't ever been discipled and you're wrestling with that, 
try to figure out how to find someone who could really help you spiritually before, you know, you have to be one before you can make one. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, what's, what's the website, we, Jack? Our, our website is theapprenticeapproach.org. Theapprenticeapproach.org, all three words, theapprenticeapproach.org. It's a great follow-up to this conversation, Michael. Yes. Yeah. Jack, thank you for letting us get our toe in the water because yeah. we need to continue this conversation True. later and hear more about what's going on. True. Yeah. Well, thank you, Michael. You, yeah. you guys have had uh, an impact into what we do and how we do what yeah. we do as well. And I think some of, the, uh, some of your writings and some of your music has deeply impacted our little sphere of influence as mm. well. So thank you for your ministry. Thanks, brother. Well, let's hear some of that music right now, Jack. Uh, we'll wrap up our conversation with uh, asking Michael to sing here, Jesus, Lover of My Soul. Jesus, lover of my soul, let me to thy bosom fly While the nearer waters roll, while the tempest still is high Hide me, O oh my Savior, hide till the storm of life is past Safe into that haven guide, oh receive my soul at last Other refuge have I none Hangs my helpless soul on thee People leave me not alone Still support and comfort me All my trust in thee is stayed All my help from thee I bring Cover my defenseless head With the shadow of thy wing Thou, O Christ, art all I want More than all in thee I find Raise the fallen, cheer the faint, heal the sick and lead the blind. Just and holy is thy name. I am all unrighteousness, false and full of sin am I. Thou art full of truth and grace. Yes, John Ketching's playing the cello there, as Michael sang. Part of the community for yeah, a long time. Right, right. Community is one of our themes here. Yeah, well, it's it's the gospel, right? We we do this together. We don't do this alone. Yeah. Speaking of community, as we said earlier, your community right now is in Israel. And we've been amazed at how close, speaking of community, we've been amazed at how close people get. We're there for 10 days. We uh, There's only 30 people, so you pretty much learn everybody's name. And we have meal fellowship together. We have devotional time together. And one time a day at one site, we give people an hour to sort of spend time on the site. Interesting. And what happens, and we never saw this coming, Wayne, is people get so incredibly close that when when we get back, they're Facebooking each other. Well, I have some very good friends who have been on the trip with you. And Uh I know it's been a life-changing experience for them to be a part of this. And and that's what they say. The closeness is is remarkable. Yeah. And that's not something we planned. I mean, I planned the the study part and life of Jesus part. That all made sense to me. I just didn't see this coming. Yeah. I also get the idea that, you know, with many uh, tours of Israel, you you know, you, you get on a bus and you go and you get on back on the bus and you go. Mm-hmm. You're not like that, are you? We don't do that. We we uh, we underprogram it. It's not uh, how much can we cram into a day. It's it's what what how can we make the most of this day, make the the, the, the best of the day. And um, I, I talked to so many people who had gone to Israel and they, you know, their heads are exploding at the end. And, and we do an Old Testament and New Testament. We just do the life of Jesus. We just do it in chronological order. 
We study before we go so the pressure isn't on. And I think that gives people room to breathe. Yeah. Let me encourage our listeners to pray for you and the group right now as yeah. you are this moment uh, somewhere in Israel, somewhere in Israel, drinking all that in. It's a marvelous experience. And we'll talk with Andrew Peterson later. His first impressions of Israel and making that trip from Tel Aviv to the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. So, all right. That's coming up. Hey, our listeners are part of this community. Mm-hmm. And I have a note here from a listener. And by the way, if you'd like to contact us, our email address is in the studio at michaelcard.com. But here's a note. Hi, Michael and Wayne. Been listening to the new podcast and enjoying the classics, many of which I've heard on Moody Radio in the early 2000s. Listening today with Buddy Green, and during Michael's teaching, he mentioned that we sometimes come across haters of Hesed. I've seen the same thing, but I refer to these people as grieved by grace. Yeah, you you encounter people, you know, as wonderful as Hesed is, and for those who don't know, Hesed is uh, this untranslatable Hebrew word that's translated loving kindness, grace, mercy, love, Loyalty is translated in six different English translations, 169 different ways. So there's this vast range of meaning. But you occasionally come up across people in, in both the Old and New Testament who hate the fact that God is that way. Hmm. Uh, Jonah is one of the classic examples from the Hebrew oh, Bible. of course, yes. Right. I didn't want to tell the Ninevites because I knew you were a God of Hesed, and I knew you'd forgive them. And the other classic uh, in, in the New Testament is the elder brother mm-hmm. in the parable of the prodigal son. He hates the fact that his, his father was so forgiving of the prodigal. Mm-hmm. Well, and by the way, your book on Hesed is now out. Yeah. We've been mentioning the pre-orders for a long time. It, was it a is long, here. It was a long wait. <laughs> it is here <laughs> along with the CD. So yeah. uh, that's something to look for on the website, michaelcard.com. Yeah. Tell us about the CD. Well, it's 10 songs on the kindness of God. Um, uh, I think three of the songs I wrote together with Jenny Owens. Uh, she wrote some beautiful melodies yeah. that I put words she to. She joined us here to talk about and that. And she sang on the record as well. The only other uh, voice on the record, or the only other uh, single voice we have, actually, we have three choirs. We have a black gospel choir from Nashville. We have from England uh, a female cathedral choir. And from Korea, we have a college choir of Korean kids from Handong University. All right. Well, you will not be disappointed when you order the CD project and book from Michael, Inexpressible Hesed and the Mystery of God's Loving Kindness. Find all the details at michaelcard.com. michaelcard.com. Coming up in the second half, our conversation with Andrew Peterson. Don't miss what's up next in the studio with Michael Card. So glad you're with us in the studio with Michael Card today. Michael, I shared with a group of friends just uh, this week that it's fully my intention this coming year to spend more time in the Old Testament. I think mm-hmm. I've kind of neglected the Old Testament in the last few years. I think Christians in general are guilty of that. Yeah, because it's harder, obviously, to make application. Well, uh, the, the one example I usually appeal to is when John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Unless you've read Exodus, you have no idea of what he's talking about. Is okay. it some little cuddly, fuzzy lamb that he's talking about? <laughs> That's not what he's talking right. about. Good example. Yeah. And, of course, then there, there are thousands of, uh, of yeah. other examples. Of course, much of the Old Testament is a journey, the story of a journey, isn't it? It is. Everyone's going someplace. They're, uh, they're, uh, you know, it's life is pilgrimage. And um, um, whether it's the, the children of Israel or whether uh, Andrew uh, Peterson is going to be singing about Abraham and Sarah going to Canaan, um, whether it's uh, you get to the New Testament, Jesus is always, they're always going someplace, usually yeah. to or from Jerusalem. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, most of the Gospel of Luke is that long final from chapter 9 to 19 is that long final pilgrimage, I guess you could call it, of Jesus to Jerusalem. Yeah. Well, we're going to place a Skype call and talk with Andrew Peterson in mm-hmm. just a moment. But you do remember when he came to the studio at Moalin and recorded Canaan Bound with us. Ben Scheib was with him that day. Right. That was, I don't remember how many years ago that was, but uh, I do remember that moment in the studio because it's a, it's a wonderful song, very typical uh, of Andrew. He's engaging uh, with, the, with, the, with the scriptures, with his imagination. I don't think there's anyone who does it like he does.
Sarah, take me by my arm. Tomorrow we are keen and bound. Where westward sails the golden sun, and Hebron's hills are amber crowned. So bid your troubled heart be still. The grass they say is soft and green. The trees are tall and honey-filled. So Sarah, come and walk with me. Like the stars across the heavens flung, like water in the desert sprung. Like the grains of sand are many suns. Oh, Sarah, fair and barren one, come to Cain and come. I trembled at the voice of God. Of love and thunder deep, with love he means to save us all, and love has chosen you and me. Long after we are dead and gone, for a thousand years our tale be sung. Faith compelled and bore us on. How barren Sarah bore a son. So come to Cain and come. Where westward sails the golden sun, and Hebron's hills are amber crowned. Oh, Sarah, take me. By my arm, tomorrow we are king and bound. Well, for us, it's morning. Um, Andrew Peterson, you got up early this morning because you're such a good brother. <laughs> good to see your face. How are good you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm uh, a little bit frazzled. I'm always a little frazzled this part of the year, um, getting ready for the Christmas tour and kind of winding down. I always feel I, I liken my. I pretend like I'm a farmer in the fall. Mm-hmm. Like this is the time that I've got to like bring in the harvest and work really hard so that I can rest in the winter. Ah, so you got Behold the Lamb happening now. Yep, it's coming up next week is when we start rehearsals. Yeah. It's funny to me that you two live so close to each other and, and Andrew's on Skype with us now. So. Well, I was home. I was in Nashville at 4 o'clock this morning. And we brought you all the way. Oh, my. And now I'm, oh, I'm here. I'm so sorry we had to bring you here to Chicago. Thank you. That's all I want is just a little apology. <laughs> Yeah, it is weird, and I'm talking to Andrew, and he's obviously just got up. You look a little sleepy. <laughs> I look, I look like this until about four in the afternoon. <laughs> so, did you just get off the road? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. been um, the. I mean, I've been home for a few days, but we had a tour in England. Yeah, uh, that we just got home from, and and I, at, I'm 44 now, which means that it takes me like two weeks longer to oh. recover from. No sympathy here. Oh, if I could only be 44 again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw the pictures from England. I was following you in Cambridge and Oxford and every place. You go to really fancy places when you go to England. Well, I, the, the the Instagram account makes it look like I'm like, you know, like just le- leisurely strolling. But literally, we we had an hour in Cambridge. We yeah. like on to a show, pulled over to take all these like bucolic pictures and then yes. we hopped in the car. You'd go someplace else. Yeah, I know what that's like. Well, I know another place that you spent some time recently has been in in uh, in Israel. I want to hear you talk about being in Jerusalem, about what it was like. Oh man! Uh, well, the way that I've I've described it was, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a 
pastor's kid and grew up in the church and kind of have being forced to read my Bible, you know, from the time I was <laughs> more or less. Uh, and, you know, ended up loving it by the time I was in Bible college. And, and um, that's kind of when my my calling to do music kind of came. Um, and so the, the point is, like, I, I've uh, I'm not like a Bible scholar by any stretch, but I do mm-hmm. love scripture and, and I've grown up around it. And so when I got off the plane in Tel Aviv and took a bus to the Sea of Galilee, mm-hmm. um, it was like Lucy stepping through the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. And just, like, I really did. It, it was the one of the most striking uh, uh, surreal experiences in my whole life was walking around inside the stories that I'd grown up reading. Yeah, that really is his world, Galilee. I mean, I just loved it. I can't tell you how many times I cried on that trip. Yeah, I was just going to ask. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the first time you saw the Sea of Galilee and saw those hills, the outline of those hills, what did you think? What went uh, through your head? I remember thinking this is the the shape of the hills is is one of the things that is the same. Yes, Absolutely. So, like, cause you have, you gotta use a lot of imagination for a lot of the places there, but Galilee in particular, like you can kind of go, Nope, this is, this is about what it looked like. You know, yeah. the shape of this lake is the same. And, yeah. um, and you know, we, you know, taking a boat, um, in the sea of Galilee, you would remember the name of these places, but like somewhere there's like this, like kind of like Valley that w- it, like in, uh, kind of like cliffs that like yeah, Gamala, it, what is it called? Gamala. Is that where Jesus would have come from Nazareth to the Sea of Galilee? No, no, no. You're talking about, uh, I know you're talking about uh, the Horns of Hittim, um, that, that uh, hillside that you can see the whole lake from. Yeah, I, I can't so, think of the name of it either. When you're in the middle of the lake, like, you know that if Jesus walked from Nazareth to Galilee, this is, he would have walked right through that valley. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Magdala, you know, where there's our bell, our bell. That's oh, that, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, but that that sea, sea of Galilee was really, you know, a lot of trips probably do this, but we we you start in in Galilee and end up in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. um, and we ended up getting to Jerusalem on the Friday afternoon as Rosh Hashanah was beginning. Mm-hmm. So it was like the sun was setting for Sabbath. So it was really good for my imagination to kind of move from Galilee to Jerusalem. Yeah, I was going to say it. It must have prompted some songs in you, Andrew. It, yeah, well, the cool thing was I was in, in the studio at the time um, working on this album about the resurrection called Resurrection Letters, mm-hmm. and, uh, and this opportunity to go to Jerusalem landed right in the middle of our studio time, and I talked to Ben Shive, my producer, and, and was like, it would be silly to not you know take this chance to go, even if it means the record's going to take longer, just because getting to see these places that we're writing about is, surely will inform uh, the album, and sure enough... Um, uh, a, a few songs in particular um, came out of the trip, and the most the most direct one was a, a song called "Maybe Next Year," um, which I wrote about my experience at the Western Wall. Now that's got some audio that sounds like it was taken there. I mean, yeah. I hear people moving around and singing in the background, and that was me with my iPhone breaking the rules. Yeah, it was very cool. <laughs> yeah, very cool. So, did you go and pray at the wall? I did. Yeah, I uh, did. You leave a prayer. I didn't write anything down, uh-huh. but I, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty reserved person when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, I'm not the kind of person who like puts his hands in the air when he's singing or mm-hmm. anything. And so it, it took, it felt a little uncomfortable walking down through the crowd mm-hmm. and, uh, touching the wall mm-hmm. as, and, but as soon as I did, um, I started bawling mm-hmm. I just, hmm. and there was something is, you know, it's such an immersive experience. Like, because it was Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, it was like a more, like you know, festive. It must have been packed. Yeah, it was. It was packed with people and the sounds of all the singing around me. Um, and you know, realizing there was an English translation of, of the book that they were reading from, and I realized that they're reading, they're chanting Psalms and they're mm-hmm. chanting from Isaiah, and mm-hmm. and I was actually familiar with all of this, the scripture that they were singing at the Western yeah. Wall. So you, you're a Bible smarty pants more than I am. The, I didn't realize until I got there that, that the temple was on Mount Moriah. Yeah. Never knew that. Yeah. And I always pictured the Old Testament part of the story as happening way off somewhere. Mm-hmm. But realizing the Mount Moriah where, you know, Abraham almost sacrificed Isaac was in the same place where the temple ended up being built, where the curtain was torn, where mm-hmm. the crucifixion happened, where the resurrection happened, the overlay of all of the... Old Testament, New Testament uh, parts of the story, it overwhelmed. Like, I just, like, uh, I, I wanted to, like, 
uh, bow to the king of story. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I've written uh, novels, you know, the, the Wing Feather Saga, that's, and, and it's really hard to write a good story. And one of the hardest hardest parts about writing a story is making the the coming up with a good ending, you know, making it so that all the questions that are raised at the beginning of the story mm. that have an answer at the end of the story. Like we all know the dissatisfaction that you feel when you watch a movie or you read a book and you're like, well, that was a dumb ending. Like uh-huh. what did that have to do with anything? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. To stand there at the Western wall, which is at this like, like the center of a beautiful knot, you know, which is Jesus mm-hmm. realize how beautifully the Lord tied together the old Testament, and the new Testament, like the overlay on overlay on overlay of, of uh, completion that is found in the person of Jesus. Mm. It, it snapped me in two. And I just, I just stood there boohoo crying. Okay, you talk about the end of the story. What, a, you know, obviously the, in, in the, the song, you caught the language of how the story is supposed to end and at least how we're supposed to look forward to it. Yeah. Well, the, the, um, the whole thing that I, I sensed when I was there was this resonance between the the lament of the the Jewish people, mm-hmm. and you know there's that can the candle stand you know mm-hmm. that they've got in clothes like and their hope is the rebuilding of the temple one day yeah. right like they're they're longing for the day when to them everything being made right is that the temple will be rebuilt and they'll be able to worship again mm-hmm. that's my understanding of it. and so the Christian hope is so similar like it's the it's like there's this resonance between what they're they're longing for and what we're longing for. And what we're longing for is this new Jerusalem. This, mm-hmm. you know, scripture actually says that, uh, all of the earth will be God's temple. You know, mm-hmm. new Jerusalem is going to descend and, and, uh, things will be made right in that way. So I don't know. I felt like, um, I felt like I understood, um, the story that a little bit better just being, there. yeah. Mike, you've been to the Wailing Wall many times. Yeah. Uh, is it the same for you? Do you have the same uh, reaction when you go back? I, I think it's different every time. It kind of depends on where you are. Um, but uh, like Andrew, the last time I was there, I was weeping. I was wailing at the Wailing, <laughs> wailing Wall. Which uh, What caused you to weep? Um, actually, uh, we had some, one of my children was in, in the middle of a really hard time. Oh. And so, I, I, Andrew, I wrote down a little prayer and folded up and stuck it in the wall. I'm leaning up against the wall crying, and there's a guy next to me praying. He looks over and goes, Mike Card? <laughs> so I knew the guy was there, <laughs> and he was from France. He was a French Jew who'd become a Christian. Wow. Yeah, so that was – so we sat and cried together. Oh. Olivier Melnick, he's a sweet, sweet guy. Huh. But, uh, I, yeah, every time it's different. The first several times I went, I kind of felt like you, Andrew. I didn't, I didn't go down. I just stood back and let everybody else pray. And I thought, oh, that's kind of a touristy thing to do. I want, I want to be cool. I'm going to stand back here. But when I, the, several other times coming back, I've started to always go down and lean up against it and hmm. try to make the connection that you made. Um, and I don't know if I, if, you know, who knows what it'll be like next time I go. Yeah. So my imagination was just crackling. That's, mm-hmm. that's, is it, mm-hmm. it just, uh, it was, I, I would, I pr- was more grateful than ever for the way the Lord has kind of unspooled his love to us in this mm. story. Did, and, uh, you, did you feel any, I, I feel a real sense of pity when I'm there because I see all these Jewish people leaning up. This is as close as they can get to where the Holy of Holies was. And it's just the part of the retaining wall for the big, this big 35 acre platform that huge her- blocks of stone. Her- yeah. yeah. And, and there's just there to me, there's always a sense of pity. It's like, it's, there's mm. a sadness there of, I don't know. Did you yeah, feel that? Yeah, I didn't feel pity. I I felt sadness. Yeah. I don't know the pity, but I did feel a, a deep sadness, especially just the grief of like um, <laughs> uh, born out of a little bit of frustration that I just wanted to be like, how can you not see Jesus as the fulfillment of all of this? Mm-hmm. Like all of this that you're aching for, like he is the center of it. He is the missing piece in the puzzle. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Just... You know, and I, I don't know how, how it all works, but where Paul writes about the hardening of heart that, that is going to happen, you know, mm-hmm. I just want to, I wish that I could unharden their hearts and let them see that, that they wouldn't have to weep quite in the same way. Yeah. <laughs> there's a great, there's a great website called IMetMessiah.com, which is uh, testimonies of Orthodox Jews, mostly or a lot of them from Jerusalem, who become Christians. Mm. And to, to see them... Uh, I mean, one guy's angry that they'd never read this passage from Isaiah in the synagogue. He'd never heard it. And when he did hear it, it made perfect sense to him that that's Jesus. 
So uh, if you want a little bit of hope to see where it is happening, uh, those folks, it's it's from Israel College of the Bible. Yeah, imetmessiah.com is is pretty amazing. So speaking of the Christmas tour, which we're going to, for your listeners, I do this tour every year called um, Behold the Lamb of God, which is this uh, musical kind of like uh, telling of the incarnation. This starts in the Old Testament, deals with a lot of Old Testament stuff. And I would love to play it in Jerusalem. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Not, not even in at Christmas time, like because it's really to them, it's not a Christmas. It True. was it's a story. Anyway, I, I'd like to do that one day. But I, I was playing the song. There's a song in the uh, in the show called Matthew's Begats, and it's this kind of the comic relief bluegrass yeah. <laughs> listing of the the Matthew chapter one, all the Abraham, mm-hmm. the Isaac. Uh, all the way down to Jesus. And uh, this pastor came up to me after the show one time, and he said, hey, I'm a pastor in Jerusalem, and uh, just wanted to tell you, I know the song is funny, you know, to Westerners, we're like, and he said, sometimes um, when they have outreaches to the Jewish community, he said, all they do is read Matthew chapter one. Wow. And sometimes that's enough for them to believe in Jesus. Wow. So they hear this roll call of the kind of all the heroes of the Bible, and it gets down to Jesus? And then the light bulb goes on. Isn't that amazing? Wow. No, I've never heard that. That's something. Well, uh, we have just a minute here, but um, you mentioned the New Jerusalem, Andrew. Uh, Michael, you have a song called The New Jerusalem. Yeah. uh, This is from Revelation, uh, the passage that Andrew was referring to before. And I I heard some some of the numbers. They got the the size of what the New Jerusalem is going to be, and it's, it's like it will cover, it would cover Europe. I mean, it's this huge... Huge city that comes down, uh, if you want to take the numbers literally, which people like me tend to do. And um, and what I, what I always think of is Jesus and the disciples at the Last Supper. You know, uh, ne- the, the traditional toast is next year in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. right? And Jesus basically says something like that. You know, I'm, I'm not going to drink the, the from the cup until I drink it with you in the kingdom. Yeah. So I think your, your song, uh, maybe next year— I think it, it captures that too. There's this looking forward to the New Jerusalem. Yeah, there's a place for us. We have a place. God's preparing this place for us. Yeah. Andrew, thanks for getting up early and joining us. You are so welcome. Yeah. Wonderful to hear from you. And Mike, you uh, you performed the New Jerusalem in the studio for us. I did. Time, and wow. We're going to reach back and hear that again. So a live performance in studio here at Michael Card. Trustworthy 
spoken about and sung by Michael Card. What a fitting song to wrap up our hour together. We hope you'll send us your questions and your insights gained from this program. We look forward to reading your reactions about Michael's teaching and even your song requests. You can reach us several ways. Send your email to inthestudio at michaelcard.com or find us on Twitter or Facebook when you search for Michael Card. We're excited about Michael's new book and CD releasing. Find out how to order a copy of Inexpressible Hesed and the Mystery of God's Loving Kindness when you stop by the website, michaelcard.com. We're thankful for each person who has posted a review, and be sure to share this link with a friend so they can join in the discussion. The best way to stay current is to easily subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or Google Play. Now for all of us on the team, Ron Davis, Lauren Kosky, Ashley Smith, Lance Mansfield, Jeff Jones, and our producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us next time in the studio with Michael Card.